canvas above your fireplace we are gonna get caitlin to paint a picture from our wedding it's caitlin paint on it she's a very gifted artist yes she's very good is she yes oh yeah she got any on instagram that's the plan that is uh that's built for no i don't think she has a gram for it she should um that structure is built as many houses are now for a tv too high situation i mean i like how this is set up yeah, we, we made the TV be not too high, I think. Yeah. So we're going to go with the little picture there instead. But Yeah, I think it's better this way. Yeah, I think it's good. It should feel familiar to you because it's all the same all the same inner workings as we had at the old studio. And now you're in the new studio. And welcome. Welcome to you. Welcome to the listeners for the very first time to... New the, studio. The Ridgetop Studios. I think we've had, I think the last... I think we've had a different studio for like four straight podcasts now. Yeah. Because we had Slapes. Yep. Mine, your house now. And then probably before that, we were st- you were still probably at your other house. We should just never do one in the, the same, same place. place twice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no quarter. We said we're going to try to make it happen next time. So maybe that'll be the maybe the fifth brand new situation in a row. It's motherfucking Paradise Pod, season four, episode 12. Don, what's going on? Not much, man. Wow. We have four matches since we've last convened yeah. uh, to discuss. It happens so quick, doesn't it? I think I'm comfortable saying at this point it's it's a bi-weekly pod, yeah, I mean, which well, is good. I mean, it's, it's every week's tough. Well, every week's tough. It's not. How are these club and country guys doing it? That's know. the real question. How does every like sound? Like they all once do. a week. We used to do week. We used to do multiple. How did week. we do it? We used to do multiple a week. <laughs> yeah yeah uh but i think we'll get better when like it when we're when you were playing soccer it was very easy yeah because uh since your move i'll say like when we were playing like tuesday and just record before soccer like i think we'll get back on weekly once we do that uh but yeah well uh we're here and uh like i said four matches to discuss i suppose we should just get into it okay uh gonna take it all the way back to june 17th uh in the previous home win we're recording on july 3rd uh happy independence day coming up to everyone this episode will probably go out tomorrow on the 4th Uh, i'm actually feeling very you get out tonight. Patriotic. I got a lot of revolutionary spirit within me right now. I'm reading the biography of James or of, uh, of John Adams. No big deal. Are you? The big ass David McCullough biography of John Adams. Yep. He's cool. I'm vibing with John with, with John Adams right I don't now. Read, so I can't relate. Yeah. We'll get you reading a book one of these days. Uh, and I also I had to, I had to brag about reading a book, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh anyway. I can't imagine a biography about John Adams being interesting. He's fucking sick, dude. Is He's it? a man. He's he's the sickest film. Did he write probably. it? Huh? Did he write it? It's not an autobiography now. It's David okay. McCullough. He's um I love this guy, David McCullough. He wrote seventeen seventy six. It's kind of one of the books that a lot of people might know from him, but he um I read a book about the the first pioneers. Man, that's from a big him, ass book. 
Yeah, that Truman book is big, and the John Adams book is almost as big. That yeah. would literally take me a couple of years. I know. This John Adams <laughs> might take me the rest of the year. I'm trying to be on the one book a month club. Which one's and the, I've been successful since last year. Which one's in the, the John Adams one? It's in my room right yeah, now. Okay. But it's it's not quite as big as that Truman big boy right there, but it's it's pretty big. But Oof. he was sick, dude. He was the man. Okay. He spent his whole he he journaled like crazy and was all constantly writing letters back and forth with his wife Abigail. Maybe we'll start like a you can start a a book review podcast. Maybe, or it's just you explaining books to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could do special editions. Well, that was kind of like the the movie episodes yeah. from the early days of quarantine. Except we both watched them, but in this case, you're just reading. In this case, <laughs> it'll just be me. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that John Adams uh, defended the 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 English troops that? Uh, fired the shots that they killed the Americans during the Boston massacre. John Adams was already obviously fighting for the cause yeah. of, you know, let's declare independence. Let's fucking go. Let's get the shit rolling. But Wasn't uh, like, he was already on that tip before the Boston massacre happened and just defended the English uh, guards on principle because they couldn't get anyone to defend them. He said, you know what? No one in this country is going to uh, stand trial without uh, decent representation. And uh, cut and the, cut this it. out if this is wrong because then I'm just gonna sound very stupid. But I don't. I'm uh, weren't like a lot of people. Like it, you kind of the way you like learn history. It kind of feels like they teach you like these groups of like Washington and Adams. All these were like a ragtag group. Yeah. But weren't they like pretty like elite? Yes. So everyone like they were right. pretty. So wealthy. everyone that was like involved in the in the Continental Congress and yeah. involved in the push for independence and stuff that the, the people that had a voice and were the architects of, yeah. of, of the of the, of the declaration of independence and the continental Congress and, and the, the revolutionary war, they were like the sort of, they were the elites. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Like, they were landed elites, not necessarily the elites. Like John Adams was like a semi humble yeah, yeah, origin. Yeah. Like I mean, Jefferson, obviously like propped up his entire life as a, you know, slaveholding elite, whatever. But, I love that. John Adams We're, is not, dude. John Adams is sick. John Adams is the man. Okay. I'm going to be dropping John Adams facts throughout the summer as I... Okay. Actually, throughout the next probably five years as I read this big-ass biography, yeah. but it's going to be thrilling for everyone. I think we five minutes in this podcast. And anyway, to talk all I was trying to do is just establish that today was July 3rd. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes out on the 4th, happy Independence Day. Uh, we're going to take it back, all though. That in. Uh, in order, what's, what's the pit bull line? To understand the future, we got to go back in time. I don't know. Yes, we got to do it. Uh, June 16th, baby. Uh, Nashville SE 3, St. Louis City 1. This was Saturday, June uh, 17th. Mm -hmm. And uh, this one, there was a lot of anticipation for it. I think a lot of people were excited, including myself, to see St. Louis City in the flush, uh, topping the Western Conference as they are still to this day. Actually, they are still on top of the West. Um, I didn't get to go see this one in person because... Uh, my wife maintained a bacterial infection from our trip to Mexico and was actually in the emergency room this night. So I was not watching this one in real time. I had to watch it back. Tying in with the theme of me having never witnessed a Hani Mukhtar hat trick in person. I think you just got to stop coming games. That's, I said this after the yeah. uh, the hat trick, but you got to quit. And it holds true still because the last game, you went to the last game and he didn't have a hat trick. Yeah, so, no. When I show up, he doesn't score hat tricks. When I miss him, he does. Because I don't miss that many games. But no. when I do, he's batting about 500 on scoring a hat he trick. He has scored three at home, and you've missed all three. But what if he just hates me? What if he yeah. looks up in the section 103 rows 
what are we N and yeah. P? It is something. wild how consistently you make it's games. Pretty consistent. <laughs> like the fact well, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like and the fact that like, yeah, I would say like, like eighty percent of the games you miss. I don't miss trick. that many. Yeah. When I do, there's a fifty-fifty chance that Honey Mukhtar will score a hat trick, yeah. and he did it once again against the against St. Louis City. Uh, so. Starting 11 notes of interest. This was Josh Bowers, I believe, first MLS start. He had started getting more involved in this because the previous match, I think in Toronto, uh, McNaughton got injured and he played most of the match. But I don't think he'd started an MLS match for us yet until this one. Um, I actually thought he did okay. I thought he did pretty he was well. Like, he had a really terrible challenge. That uh, I think he got one of his, seems to be a uh, trademark first half yellow card, which you don't really like to see from a center back. But... I think after that, it uh, looked pretty good and was part of a team that were pretty good value for the win in this one. Um, also, this was the beginning of Randall Leal's seemingly permanent return to the starting 11 because he started this one and then he started the next three as well. Um, and there's plenty of Randall Leal discussion to be had once we get a couple matches further on. But this was yet another Hani Mukhtar hat trick. And the referee was very involved in this one. There was a penalty shout early for St. Louis uh, that actually had some merit, but was ultimately uh, deemed to actually not be worthy of a review. Um, 11th minute, Sean Davis manages to sweep a pass out from inside the box to Shaq Moore. Crosses it in. The defender can't really clear it past. Hani Mukhtar, Hani Mukhtar finishes lethally into the near post. And I just thought that this was, so this was his first goal of the hat trick, 11th minute, early in the game, crucially. And uh, I thought this was, once again, an example of what I've thought of, of of this national team this year in that they kind of create their own luck. Like, they're, the goals, like, there's the brilliance of, of Hani Mukhtar, the individual brilliance aside, you may not see a lot of brilliant sweeping movements that lead to goals, but... You look at the replay of this one, there's five men in the box and Shaq Moore right there outside of the box on the right-hand side. Um, there's a lot of players in advanced positions. It's very positive. And these are the kind, this, this is the mentality that that creates um, good opportunities for you. The ball is going to kind of fall your way and you can capitalize it with players like Mukhtar um, when you are pushing forward in this way. Um, it's positive. It's five players in the box, and and that's what leads to the goal. You've been on your phone the entire time I've been on this diatribe. So what Atlanta, on earth are you looking at? <laughs> Atlanta made another move, and but I lost it on my timeline, and because of Twitter, I'm that's trying to fucking find it. This is amazing. Uh, it looked important, mm -hmm. but uh, it sounds like it could have been important. Yeah, yeah. Repeat everything. So do you, do you you have, just, what do you have to report back from this? I still can't find it. You don't know. <laughs> so how would you summarize what you've what you've learned? As uh, we you, create our own luck. And Hani is awesome. That's good. I mean, that's basically what you said, right? Uh, pretty much, yeah. yeah. Um, in the 41st minute, there was some confusion on what ended up okay, standing as a St. Louis City goal. Um, this was like Giochini in the box, and there was some thought that the first ball in could have been offside, but it wasn't. And then the ball kind of comes off Dan Lovitz in a strange way. It, it took a long time for them to review this, and, and it was kind of surprising that it was ultimately ruled a St. Louis City goal. It, also, the ball in the end comes off, I think, Joe Kinney's, like, elbow. Yeah. A weird goal. Um, 
What do you think of that little Nico Giochini though? I really, I actually really like. I like the cut and, of his uh, jib. I kind of wish he was a yeah. So uh, I, player, to be honest, I liked him a couple years ago. For, like, yeah, he was one that like made his debut for the U.S. and yeah. kind of he sort of came out of nowhere and yeah, it was like a league like, two yeah, side he, that he was playing for. So he was kind of making his way in Europe as a young American, yeah. kind of dual national. We recruited him type of deal, and then I don't think he's really been on too much of the u.s radar in recent years but no, not um, with who we have now seen him for st louis now i liked him in this game to be yeah, honest he uh i think he played for orlando last year and then got he was on orlando yeah and then okay. i think he was an expansion pick okay uh for st louis okay. but um no i really liked him yeah i was hoping that we instead of like i know we said orlando i was hoping we went for him last year just because I don't think he's like doesn't really require DP, but I think he's still good. I think he'd fit in in yeah. Nashville, maybe, uh, maybe in a couple of years. We'll see. First half ends one one. Uh, second half, Ethan Zubak came on, and I just thought he was worth mentioning because he was involved. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was kind of in the picture in the second half of this. I think it's kind of the best that he's looked in his MLS minutes so far. Um, when he came on in the second half of the St. Louis game, yeah, he almost had this. Was that the one that you almost like ridiculous, like back heel? Yeah, a little back heel flick. Yeah. Yep, yeah. attempt. Yeah. Looks good. Yeah, and then hasn't shown up since, but, you know. Yeah. So to round out the Hani Mukhtar hat trick in the 67th minute, uh, Alex Will actually plays an extremely heads up first time through ball into Hani, takes him completely clear through. And then this is the one he kind of waits forever for Jacob Schaffelberg to catch up to him. Seems like he could have taken on the keeper and, and had his own shot, but he just waits, 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 lays it off to Schaffelberg, who doesn't get his own shot off, but gets fouled in the process of arriving to take that shot in the box. And uh, and it's foul in the box, second yellow card for the St. Louis City defender, and it's a penalty that Honey Mukhtar slots home pretty easily. Yep. Past Roman Berkey once again. I thought it was a, if I vaguely remember, I feel like it was a, I didn't, I thought Honey didn't really have a good pass but it worked out so. right well it was he just seemed like he had so long so many yeah. stutter steps he seemed like he could have had his own shot but he just waited 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 yeah. for Schaffelberg to arrive I mean, it worked out it seemed so. like it was even a harder chance for Schaffelberg than it would have been for Hani to just take it on but um it worked out and it's just no concern with him on penalties these days is there it's wild so this is funny when I was driving home as my Wife is in the ER, but I uh, was listening to the radio call of this one, which was kind of cool because I'd never really done that. Is that Lucas and it is Lucas sometimes, but uh, or it's alternating between Lucas and, and Will bowling, and this one was Will bowling on the call with Giuliani Bob. It was pretty cool because I got to hear uh, this one in real time getting called on the radio. And you cramping, buddy? All right, I can't get, my, I can't get my leg up. It's the it's the kick flips. Uh, so it was kind of cool to hear this one as a radio call of the the the, the foul getting called and the box the penalty and then Hani hitting uh, the penalty kick home and he uh, there's just no no doubt with him these days there used to be a lot of doubt on PKs with Hani and it's just I'm, I'm just nothing but confident anymore when he steps up to the spot yeah automatic automatic supersonic I, don't, I feel like he has not hit, missed since at some like maybe two three years ago yeah so it was. Shaky to start. Well, we all took the first score, the first goal for you for Nashville at Jonas right. as a PK. Yes, because Mukhtar was not scoring them. Correct. And now it's like wild to think that like I this know. dude. It's got to be like a confidence thing. Like when you're just this confidence. Like yeah, I just yeah yeah. Well, shortly we will arrive. I think it's I think it's something he's worked on. I think it's a Maybe. I think it's an example of him 
getting better, and it's something I want to talk about after his third goal here too in the St. Louis game. Um, but yeah, there will be uh, time for us to discuss the great Randall Leal moments at Geodes Park so far in our time at our new home. And I think, you know, he scored that opener. That'll be one. And then obviously his brace in the most recent match is definitely going to be up there. If not, you know, his best moment. We'll get to it shortly because we're going to skip quickly past the two away losses. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, uh, honey gets a second goal on a penalty kick. Uh, St. Louis is down a man as a result of that second yellow on the penalty. Um, and then honey gets his hat trick in the 75th minute. Um, this one I think is going to be up there in the goals of the season for both honey and the club. You'll remember it as I, yeah, as I describe right. it. So honey ends up deeper, more towards the halfway line and he's kind of dancing around three defenders. Oh yes. Okay. Kind of skirts away from three of them. And then the ball kind of moves forward. Yeah. He makes his way back in towards the box. And this is the Dax McCarty yeah. back heel flick, yeah. flick onto him. And this, I love this type of finish. We don't, we haven't always seen this from Hani, but he's got every type of finish yeah. in his locker. We've seen him with screamers near posts. We've seen him do it left foot, right foot header. This was a fun one that I think people usually describe as when they say he swept it home because it kind of, he hits it with the right foot from the right and it's it's kind of curling out from the keeper and it's i i someone cor- can correct me if i'm wrong on this but to me it was it was swept home yeah. i always like that like it's always interesting the the way that we describe certain types of of moves or finishes in the in the in the Jogo Bonito, the beautiful game that we, that we yeah, it was loved. a good goal i thought st louis had kind of just given up maybe because there was a couple down defenders a as well. yeah they're down and a couple defenders were there and like uh like dax did that back heel and i think a couple of defenders probably could have got there, but they just looked at the, they were just ball watching and, uh, Ani just had space and took it. Yeah. Uh, he should have had four because later on yeah. <laughs> before the game was over, uh, Shaq Moore laid it off to him and it was a, it was one of the most clear cut shots of the match. And probably he, the heart, the easiest goal Yep, that he could have scored. Yeah. And, yeah. and during his post-match interview, it was one of the first things he said is I have to apologize to Shaq Moore because, uh, yeah, I should have had four and he should have had an assist. And it was yeah. just funny. Um, and it, it speaks kind of, to the mentality, you know. He's, he thinks like he had that's like all a, he could think about is he should have had that one goal that he didn't. Why did Hani have a French accent? Uh, I think that Hani just talks like this. No, it's just I, I don't know. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm working on the Hani accent. I think Hane. I'm getting there. He, uh, it should be German, right? I wasn't trying to be French. It sounded French for a second. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm. I need the feedback. It's fine yeah. as I work on just it. Just listen to this back. It was he just, he, he kind of talks in a way that's very. Now it's getting a little Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean it to be like this. I just want, yeah, you're right. It is kind of, but there's something about the way he enunciates. Yeah. I'm going to keep working on it. Yeah. Um, in the, in the way one. that Hani has improved his penalty kick taking, I will improve my Hani Mukhtar accent. Yeah. Um, but 3-1 win against the, the team at the top of the West. Huge win. Great win. Yeah, it was a good win. St. Louis fans, very annoying. The team was very yeah, annoying. Yeah, what was the deal with that? Uh, people, I think they just complain about refing. Um, also, the team itself was annoying. They're very like, which I think it's probably one of those that like, if it was my team, I would like it. But playing against them, which is probably the same with Nashville, like they're very. Was aggressive. it kind of a chippy game? It seemed yeah, like they're they very were, aggressive. Which yeah, a lot of fouls. I imagine Nashville's probably very similar. Like sure. you can get like Mule, who can be very aggressive, and Dax obviously is very aggressive. 
So other teams probably feel the same way about Nashville, but uh, yeah, they seem like very like some not necessarily late on challenges, but just like things that other teams probably wouldn't do. I'm also confused by the aesthetic of St. Louis City. Are they? Is it like pink and yellow? It's pink. It's, it's pink. pink. Pink and like navy. But it's like it's like a pink that is almost a red. Yeah. And then it's like pink and yellow, so it's like a pink lemonade kind of like jersey. It. I don't understand. I don't dislike it. I was just confused. Yeah. I don't. I don't understand. I like it because it's just you. You don't see those that color scheme. Sure. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next match Wednesday, June twenty first. This was uh, a loss in Montreal. FC Montreal won. Nashville SC nil. This was the beginning of. Nashville's ill-fated experiment with a return to the back five. And we also realized after uh, St. Louis that we were going to be without uh, Anibal Godoy, but more crucially without Fafa Picot and Jacob Schaffelberg as their good form had led them to be called up by Haiti and Canada, respectively, leaving us without the fast guys. <laughs> yeah. So that was, I think that everyone knew that the, things were about to become much more difficult. Yeah. I mean, we, I think Gary had a pretty long leash, so I wasn't like too upset with this. I think we kind of all expected this to happen. And I mean, we had went 10 games on B and so like, those are probably the toughest players to lose outside yeah. of Honey Mukhtar, you know? Absolutely. And we had already done really well without Walker Zimmerman, another important player. Yeah. I was, I was, and we'll get into this later because Walker's not going to be with us in Chicago. But um, and we get Fafa back, and I was like thinking, I was like, it's weird that like if I had to pick who I'd rather have, like if I had to miss one between Fafa and Walker, I think I'd rather have Fafa playing. I agree because one, I trust McNaughton. Like we've seen enough of him that I can trust that. Mm-hmm. Versus like who we have behind Fafa, which is normally Schaffelberg, but he's out yeah. on international. So right now it's. Who who started for Montreal on the wing? Uh, so we did have Schaffelberg starting this okay. one because we the knew we game. were about to lose him. So he actually played ninety minutes, and he almost never seems to do that. Yeah. Maybe so it was, it was just like a real who played on the wing with him. Hmm? I think it was Hawk. Well, both Schaffelberg that and Fafa was Hawkinson. Yeah, we'll talk about and, that. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's just it's rough. It's not enjoyable to watch. It feels like we and you had kind of said this because we had watched this at no quarter. It feels like the before times watching this. And like, <laughs> yeah. it's wild that this was just, this was what we watched. And we had a, and we we're, Nashville, we're still good. Yeah. Like they made the playoffs and went on some like runs in the playoffs. But it's wild to think that like, man, I can't believe we had to endure just that. Like, just yeah. boring. It speaks to the massive difference that those two players made yeah. too. Is, um, I don't want to go back. <laughs> yeah, no one wants to go back. But we saw a glimpse of what it would be like to go back and not have them in these two matches. And uh, we promptly lost them both. Um, also, the, the the switch of shape to the back five was just disastrous. Yeah. So I thought that you could see it was a little better in the next match against Columbus. But um, still, the team just looked very uncomfortable playing in this in this back three slash five shape. Um, people look like they were all on top of each other. Taylor Washington never looked comfortable. Um, it's wild. Cause I feel like we start, was our first year in MLS where like we were predominantly a back five. We were definitely a back five team in stretches. So like when, I mean, I think season two kind of season two, when Jack Mayer came back, 
I remember being really good in a back five, but ever since we went back to a back four, we just, it feels like we can't, we're not, we're there not were really comfortable stretches of back five with like yeah. mayor Romney Zimmerman. And then there was also Johnson we had around Johnson. there, but Johnson actually played kind of as a wing back more so at those times. Yeah. Well, we've been a good team with that, with, th- with three yeah. central defenders, but right now going back to that shape it it, did in these two matches i mean it it quite clearly wasn't working very well and we lost them both um yeah not much from these i think uh i don't want to spend too much time on these either i mean what can you do we we had our longest unbeaten streak in the league prior to this montreal match and we lost it one nil at montreal to a team that is pretty good at home in montreal Mm -hmm. um the goal scorer for for montreal in the 28th minute bryce duke who also just looks like Mihailovic. <laughs> well, yes. he um, <laughs> Like the way he plays and just like physically also looks like Mihailovic. Yeah, you would be forgiven for thinking that uh, Georgi Mihailovic was still in Montreal because, yeah. uh, and it's a compliment to Bryce Duke because he looked so similar to Mihailovic who was one of the really, really standout players in this league before he moved to Europe recently. Yeah. Um, and I didn't realize who the other piece of the Kamal Miller move was because... Kamal Miller was a player that was uh, that I know that me and you both liked, and he he definitely stood out and was uh, uh, a really important player for Montreal. And the move of him going to Miami seemed like a big one at the time. Um, and you saw that there was a player named Bryce Duke going the other way to Montreal, and I had no idea who he was. Yeah, uh, more astute watchers of the league did, but I did not. And then it all kind of came together for me in this game when he had such a good match against us and scored the the game-winning goal for Montreal. So, yep. good player there. Um, just final note on this Montreal game. There were three good chances for Nashville at the very beginning of the second half of this one, and the game kind of hinged on these first five minutes. Um, the second half, there was like was a, a, Washington, like- a tricky t- Taylor Washington header which he couldn't do enough with, but maybe the ball wasn't perfect. Then there was a guilt edge chance for Jacob Schaffelberg inside the box. It was teed up for him onto his left foot, and he just skied it. Yeah. Um, and then the third one was, again, a, a chance for Taylor Washington. Kind of sort of snuffed chance because the defender kind of got to it at the same time as him, and maybe the ball to him wasn't exactly perfect. But I also feel like Taylor Washington, something he's not running the same as he used to. I don't think he quite – it almost seems like he's carrying some type of – Injury. He doesn't seem as. I mean, he used to just be a bolt of lightning, and he just doesn't seem to quite be as swift as I don't he know. was as, in these two matches that he that he started. Was just something that I had noticed, or this one rather, because Lovitz came back into that left wing back position in the next one. But um, another funny thing about this Montreal match is that Walker Zimmerman legitimately played as a striker for over ten minutes at the end of this match. It's kind of fun to see, and it almost but, uh, works. <laughs> says a lot about the team right now. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Depth on, yeah, uh, yeah. But this was the uh, this was the end of the unbeaten do, streak, and it was the first bad match that we've had in a long, yeah. long time. It was a bad match, even with it being a bad match. Upset. Those three chances that I outlined could have gotten us a result in this one. Yeah. Um, I wonder if because I just don't. It's hard, especially now that like all the games play at the same time, so you don't really get to watch other teams, but. Do you think like like the fact that we played Walker up top, does that say like our depth is terrible or like would most MLS teams just not be good if both their starting wingers went out or were gone? Yeah, I think both things are true. Yeah. Um, 
we, I mean, I think Walker would come in to a game like this after having been gone for a while, and he would just make the decision to stay up for the final 10 minutes of this match <laughs> on his own, regardless of what else he was does happening. quite a bit. He'll do that a little bit, and there's just kind of no reason for it not to happen. Like, in the context of this match, it totally made sense. Yeah. Um, and why not, you know? Um, hubba hubba. But some. Yeah, we got Baywatch on per usual. Folks, if you have a Samsung TV, do yourself a favor and just throw on the 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 channel of Samsung TV Plus, which is free, and it's just 4K remastered Baywatch. It's pretty much all me and my wife watch here at the house all the time. It's probably It might be the best TV show ever made, barring The Sopranos, I would say. But we enjoy it. Anyways... Uh, Another loss on this little road trip, which was difficult. Another thing, too, is that this was a midweek match. And I think that it kind of made this this stretch of, of two losses in a row a little bit more palatable. Um, this was Wednesday, and then Saturday we went up and lost at Columbus. If you're going to, you know, if you're unbeaten, if your long unbeaten streak is going to end, this is really kind of one of the best ways for it to happen. I don't think anyone was too upset with Montreal. And I don't think anyone should be too upset with the 2-0 defeat on June 24th to Columbus. Um, no, I think if you go on a 10-game unbeaten, like, had you said in 12 games you lose two, it sucks that it, like, came out the last two. But, like, I think you take that every time. Like Away losses, missing crucial players. Yeah, missing crucial players. But just, like, to play 12 games and only lose two is really, really good. Uh so when you look at it like that, like I'm fine with it. Um, I kind of expected losses. So even before then, you kind of just write them off. Um, but also it was like the hardest month for the season for us. We had four away and one at home. And to come out two wins, two losses, and a draw, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sweating it at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's just crazy considering how much I would probably normally shit on Gary. Well, a lot of credit in the bank, you know? Yeah, that's kind of where we're at. Um, I think that this match was more about Columbus than Nashville, you know? Even as a Nashville fan, at times you can sense who the protagonist is in a match that you're watching, and this one just felt like a Columbus win, you know? I think we saw what Columbus can be under Wilfred Nancy in this match. Yeah, um, I also kind of forgot Jack Mayer had an own goal. So like it was right. it was actually and we were I feel like pushing a little bit towards the end in this Columbus game too. Yes. Um that like the score probably doesn't necessarily reflect two nothing. Right. No. We lost it essentially one nil. We yeah. conceded the second one at the very, very end. It was yeah, kind of was a like bullshit Jack Mayer own goal. Yeah. Um and, you know, we were just pushing for the equalizer and they as a result of that were able to squeak home a, a second goal and Yeah. Um so I mean honestly the the two losses, even though we didn't look great in either one of these matches, when you look at the matchups, you can't be too. And you know, with the chances that we did have to get a result out of them, despite that we lost both, yeah, no, no one. Sh- I don't think anyone was too upset with these. I don't think anyone no. should have been, and I don't think anyone was. Um, Lucas Delarion was fantastic, and uh, we started Luke Hawkinson up top in a two with Honey Mukhtar. Oof. So, yeah, 
Uh, <laughs> that's rough. That's hopefully we get some window opens up in two days. Hopefully we can get some reinforcements. But though, like, we got reinforcements. Because now, like, you think, and we'll, I guess we're probably about to go into the next game. But, like, I mean, having potentially Liao off the bench, but probably having one of Fafa, Schaffelberg, and Liao. Maybe two off the bench because if you keep playing Mule, which I actually you like, might have to keep playing Will. I, yeah. I like Mule in the role that he's in. Like you're not relying yeah. on him of offense, and it also brings on two players off the bench that can score. Yeah. So like when we've during the ten game win streak where we had like Liao and Schaffelberg or Picot coming on, like I really like that. Yeah. Uh, I th- I think I would keep it, which is crazy considering how much I you know I feel about Mule, but like. I just think it gives such a boost to have two players to be able to come on that can score. It'll be very, very interesting to see what we do with uh, with Schaffelberg and Fafa back. Yeah. Very, very interesting. I'm very excited. I mean, interesting, but mostly exciting because the options now with Leal returning to uh, seemingly his uh, his pomp uh, is going to be uh, – it's going to make for uh, some some exciting but – like difficult but not – you know, positive, difficult choices in terms of selection. So, um, yeah, nothing more to say about the Columbus match, really. Whatever. Um, let's get to the match on July 1st where the god dang boys in gold got one for my birthday. They did it for me on my birthday. Happy birthday to me. Nashville C2, DC United, nil. Um, Teal Bunbury was back into the side for this one. And you know what? Uh, you're gonna. I know you're gonna. You say could it, but. certainly notice his presence versus yeah. the previous matches where he was not there. You have to admit that, right? All right. So here's my thing, and um, I'm not gonna call Teal lazy because I don't think he is. And I actually got a lot, like when he was arguing the ref, like it made me like Teal a little bit more. But when he like is making runs. He's really good. It's just it, I don't know why, but you don't get that every game, um, and it feels like it's like one every like four games where he just he seems to have more energy. I don't know, like maybe it's just the style that we play those games. But like, yeah, when he's making runs and I don't want to say putting in effort because I feel like he's not not putting in effort in other games. Like he's really good, and I like watching. Like I remember the Atlanta game that we played where we destroyed Atlanta at Geodis and then this game like watching the first like couple minutes and you had kind of pointed out that uh the fuck do we just play DC United yes they were playing a very high line yeah. that like it, all our players were just making runs like everyone and they got you know we scored multiple goals because of it but like yeah when he's making runs and just putting effort like I like that style of playing I, I don't know why he just doesn't do it every game or most of the games but yeah, no, I liked Teal this game. I thought that, yeah, I mean, not having had him in the previous two, starting fucking Luke Hawkinson alongside Honey Mukhtar really made you appreciate the return of Teal Bunbury yeah. in this one. Because once again, you know, not on the score sheet, but, you know, the things that Gary will talk about and sometimes you might roll your eyes at but after a stretch like this you might say yeah actually I start to understand what you mean now when you say a focal point in the attack that's you it kind of makes sense yeah. actually now you kind of start to understand it and appreciate it more 
after a stretch like this when he's gone and then when he comes back in this DC match it kind of stood out you said okay now we've got now there's a now there there's someone spearheading the attack now there's someone leading the line when we don't have the ball for instance and, yeah and maybe he's like this all the time it's just honestly maybe just his no it can be it can be off and on okay. I think it could just be honestly his finishing that like I think bothers most I think his people. age maybe too like you're not gonna get the same yeah spark every single match um and it speaks to the need for uh, uh, number nine that will have that. But as until we until we do have that next player, um, Tilbury is the best person to lead the line. Yep, I think I think everyone Hard agrees on agree. that right now. Um, this was the Randall Leon match, so he did put the ball into the back of the net within one minute of this match. But Hani was ruled offside in the buildup. I still don't think it was offside. You know what? We watched the highlights back before we started recording, and he might have been offside. But in the stadium, it certainly live did not look like. Yeah, to call he it was. off live is wild. Like, yeah. Also, it just felt it was such an awesome goal to score it within one too. minute for Randall Leal to score at home after he's had his injury problems this year. That I don't know if he if 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 Hani technically was or was not offside, but it felt like he didn't deserve, the team didn't deserve for him to be offside. I also it felt don't, like he shouldn't have been. I'll have to rewatch a replay of it, but I don't know that the like side judge made the call either. I think it was the ref who was like in no position to see if Hani was offside or not. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I also just have a gripe with this ref. I think this was like, he might've eclipsed like the Ben Shapiro ref that I dislike a lot. As my most hated ref. <laughs> yeah. Well, Randall Leal was was clearly in the but mood. He, Randall did make up for it. So. Right. So it didn't take him too much longer to actually open the scoring. Uh, in the 18th minute, uh, there was... Uh, I say there's something about Randall, more than any other player, I think, scoring a goal that just makes me so happy. Yeah. I don't know. Like, he... I don't know. There's just something... He's a fan favorite. Yeah. They even, I don't know if you noticed it, but the second, the goal that he actually scored that counted, uh, I don't know. I didn't see who it was, but they lifted him up. Like there's like the, like they all are like hugging. His teammates are stoked on yeah. him. Honey, uh, really there was a post game interview with, with Leal talking to the media and they said that, I think Valer shouts out, uh, tweeted this afterwards that there, the press was talking to Leal and, uh, honey came out of the locker room and just went, he's back. Yeah. Which That's is pretty sick. cool. Yeah. yeah. You can tell they love him. Yeah. Um, and they know how good he is, and they know that it's probably been frustrating for him to be uh, dealing with these kind of injury struggles for a big chunk of the season now. Um, DC was playing this very high line throughout this match. What do you, what do you, to me, this was, this game really came down to the managers, and Wayne Rooney kind of got murdered by Gary Smith from the sideline. Yeah. I don't understand why they didn't change it. Strange tactics from DC. I thought after the first goal, because, um, after you get beat by the first goal that didn't count. And then, then you get beat by the next goal that did count. And they were all kind of like high lines. Suicidally high. Yeah. That like, you would think you'd be like, Oh shit, this is probably not working. We got lucky on one that was offside. This one counted. Maybe we should not fucking do this. And they didn't do it. And they kept we kept attacking it, which was, you know, nice to see. Yeah, um, this goal also and the other layout goal, uh, Mukhtar. Speaking to I think how much Gary won the 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 managerial matchup here. 
Hani Mukhtar was dropping into these like left back positions, and that's where both goals came from, actually. So he picks out Leal for the first goal from that kind of spot. Um, I mean, Leal. So my friends that played soccer in high school, they would call this treeing someone when you hit the ball and then go around them. Like a Meg was when you go through their legs, but if you hit the ball on the other side of someone and come and pick it up on the other side, they call it a tree. I don't know if anyone else, I don't know if that's what it's technically called, but to me, is Randall Leal treed the keeper? Yeah. I don't know okay. if that's a hockey term either. I'll take it, no. I'll take it too. It sounds cool. Um, but uh, yeah, Mukhtar sort of, kind of sort of creates a, the, the second Leal goal in the 37th minute. Um, and it was a little bit of a coming together of players and the ball kind of pops out with, with Leal coming out of the end of it uh, in the 37th minute. And then he just does my favorite thing that he does, which is he hits the ball hard as shit. He hits oh, is this the, a second goal? Yes. Okay. He hits the ball harder than anyone. Yeah. He's the guy who hits the ball hard as shit. I'm the man who has the ball. I'm the man who can throw it faster than fuck. So that is why I am better than everyone in the world. Which is, uh, that's what you like. That's what I like yeah. to see. No. I, he's, Randall's my favorite player. He's, he's got the hardest shot on him, you know, of anyone. I think Hani, when Hani does his like sideline goals where he's like, right next to it those are very hard the shots. near post the near post. like laces it yes like those are very hard but other than that like yeah like Leal just from a little bit of distance rockets. like even the fir- even the first goal that didn't count yeah that was outside the box i'm pretty sure yeah 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 so, um he's got a leg. that's why I, I think that's part of the reason he's a fan favorite too because we love that we yeah. can't we can't always identify every nuance of the of the movement that goes into everything but when there's a guy that can just boot it from range, yeah. I can pick that out and I can say, I also, like that. <laughs> I feel like he was also, and again, I just don't know tactics. Like he's feel like he was playing more centrally. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting. When you got Bunbury in there and you got Mukhtar alongside him, Leal's the one that's in that honey spot as a 10. So, yeah. Yeah. But that'd be interesting when you have, uh, when Schaffelberg and what happens, back, like what right? Happens, yeah, right. I think I had read somewhere where like Gary said he was open to playing Liao in the ten. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so then you'd have Hani up top with with someone else alongside him. I don't know. <sighs> Could it be Fafa instead of Teal? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. A question for another day. But uh, yeah, another great win at home. Two uh, nil. It finishes over DC. Uh, we played the last 30 minutes of the match with 10 men, actually. Walker Zimmerman got a completely bullshit second yellow card. Um, I didn't think that was a foul, really, especially not a yellow card offense for his second foul. And I don't think the first yellow card that he got was even a foul either. So I was uh, I was a little pissed off, frustrated with that. But Nashville it's handled kinda, it really, really well. Yeah, it's kind of annoying we're going to miss him the next game. but um, Damn, I forgot about that, too. Yeah. I don't know that they can rescind yellows. I don't know. They fucking should because both of these were horseshit. Yeah. I think maybe there were fouls, but not yellows. Like, to call them yellows is is nuts. Um, but we get we have McNaughton back, so I'm like, as much as it sucks to lose Walker, like I said, I feel a lot better than if we were dead. You know, I'd rather have Fafa back than Walker. Yeah. I mean, and I think winning this game, again, you're down to wingers. And Fafa and Schaffelberg and winning this game. I don't know that I like I care what happens in Chicago if we lose. I'm like, I think this gave us a little bit more breathing room. Cause I imagine like 
going into Gold Cup, uh, I expected like four or five losses. <laughs> yeah. like I did not think we were going to win anything. Um, yeah, so the form at home has is, is continued to be yeah. fantastic. So getting this win gives us some, and then hopefully we get Fafa back. Uh, we might have Shafa back this weekend as well, depending on if what Canada does against Cuba. Um, and if not, I think they'll be out pretty quick. That We may only have one more game without both our wingers, which, yeah, going into – I think that next one after that, Cincinnati. So going into uh, mm-hmm. Cincinnati, getting Walker back, Fafa back, Schaffelberg back. Yeah, and there's Chicago, Philly, and then Cincy. But okay, people so have had that Cincy matchup yeah. circled on the calendar so like, for quite a while. Potentially going like Philly-Cincy game with everyone back. You have Leo back. And the window opens in two days that you have a potential. And from everything we've heard, basically, there, I don't know if you can add that, but there is like Tom, like everything we've heard, like from like Tom and people that like Nashville knows who they're getting and pretty much everything's been agreed to. Yeah. We're just waiting for who that player is. Yeah. And I think there'll be some betting in time for whoever this player might be. But the good news is we're not. We're not in desperate need. It's not like we're, you know, this team is good. We're this not. Team is but very fact, good. This but, team is one of the best teams in the league. Yeah. As it currently is constituted. Yeah. But I'm just like adding the excitement of getting your wingers back from international break, getting Liao back from injury, getting Walker back from injury, and a red card now, and then potentially adding like a DP number nine in this. Like, it's wild to say that we might, we're, we might not be, we just had a 10 game unbeaten streak and that might not even be the best that we've been playing yep which is uh crazy yep um okay i guess let's hit three chalupas on this real quick okay then i gotta go to the bathroom yes me too okay um would you like to would you like to take the first chalupa randall leal nice that's a good one yeah he started all four of these matches and was not really super noticeable in the first three i thought before this dc uh, breakout game, but uh, he's certainly back with a vengeance now. Yep. I think it's hard. No one looked at the two way matches. So, like yeah, the, the it's true. Montreal and the uh, I think I will give Columbus. his first chalupa of the season. I think to Teal Bunbury. Okay. In Interesting. This, particularly for, or I suppose the only reason that he would get one is for his return. To the 11 in this DC match. And like I said, you just kind of noticed that he wasn't there um, because of the way that he looked once he did return in the DC match. There was someone leading the line that uh, was clearly missing prior to that, and uh, he was getting the DC game. Yep. Uh, third one, I'm going to go Joe just because he had a clean okay. sheet. Nothing for Hani Mukhtar, who had a hat trick yes. in this match. Uh, only stretch. because one, I have to go to the bathroom, so I just want to get this out. <laughs> but uh, he also was clo- uh, I think got snubbed for the All Star game yeah. against Tyler Miller, who looked like shit. Yeah, he us. got killed. Yeah. yeah, and it wasn't even voted. It was like a coach picked him, Tyler, over Joe. Dumbass. Who's yeah. coaching the All Star team? I, don't I know, wonder. I had to go. He's a fool. All right, we're gonna take a break. We'll be right back.
Okay. We got to do the questions again. <laughs> Did we miss all the U.S. stuff? Yep. Too? We just talked about uh, the U.S. men's national team for a long time. And honestly, the conversation wasn't actually that good. So it wasn't the worst thing to miss. But basically... Donald is a population theory guy. He thinks that because the U.S. has a bunch not, of people and good athletes, we should be the it's, best. It's I say it's not po- that simple. It's less population theory, but go Who on. asked this question? Or no one asked this no, question? No, we, we were, were just talking. About, talking. We were just talking about U.S. The U.S. is good. Uh, they spank Mexico. Concacaf Nations League, I think, ushering in a new period of dominance for the U.S. men's national team, given that we have by far the, the strongest squad in the region and they're and youngest an average age of like 17 years old so yeah i don't see uh i don't see any issues going forward with that that pretty much sums up sorry we had a really a, a better conversation on it that i did not record so that's my b but it's fine i turned off the mic last podcast karen's home what's up karen she's she walked 26,000 steps. Donald doesn't get a high five. She apologizes. Oh, At least she apologized. Uh, Katie wants to know two losses with the back five, back to winning ways with the back four. Is coaching to blame for the losses? Yes. We had also just talked about this when I was not recording and I thought that I was. And I think that um, Gary was trying something different during a difficult away stretch it was like we we could have we, we probably would have struggled in these two matches regardless of the system so maybe the back five didn't help as much as he might have thought it would have been a solution in this time period but also we were going to struggle anyways in these two games i think you know yeah pretty much it. i don't think uh yeah i think these were probably losses regardless so yeah um I don't remember what else I had on that. <laughs> Whatever you said, I bet it was awesome. Uh, what's your dis- what's your dis- my bad? John Hoffenreich wants to know what's your disappointment threshold this year. This is actually a good. conversation. This is the only good <laughs> part that we missed. <laughs> this is actually a good conversation. Uh, third round of the playoffs and MLS Cup. Uh, to quickly paraphrase what I had said was, uh, I think we are at worst top four, but probably to be honest, top two best teams in the East. So in my mind, probably anything less than a third round conference final, uh, anything short of that is probably a disappointment for me, which is wild considering the expectations I had preseason of this team. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think anything not conference final uh, is a disappointment. And then we kind of had talked about how uh, – if it's Cincinnati versus us in the conference final, how cool that would be given our history in the USL. Yeah, I agree. I think that it seems like we are right there with Cincinnati as the the first and second best teams in the Eastern Conference. Maybe one or two other teams, New England, Philly, hanging around that Columbus, area, yeah. Columbus. But um, given what's what's happened so far this season – it's tough because once again it's it's a it's a competition MLS where only one team gets the credit for being the best team in the regular season and that's the Supporter Shield winner. And I'm not thinking about Supporter Shield for this national team right now. Maybe as we Maybe. get closer to the end of the season we're in that conversation, but I'm just not thinking about yeah, it. It'll be a little hard um though Cincinnati's missing some pieces 
for international as Bert, as well, Miazga and uh, Vasquez and U.S. probably should go pretty far into the tournament. So they might be without them for a while, but they're pretty far ahead with a game in hand too. So like, I'm not thinking supporter section or supporter shield, but I do think head to head we're pretty close. I know they beat us in Nashville, but we're I feel like we're all we're different team than we were back in. And like everyone's looking month. forward to that rematch coming up very yeah. soon as well. Big yeah. match in Cincinnati. Um, so when you add in like getting players back from injury and then possibly getting a DP nine, I do think we're we're pretty on par with Cincinnati. Um, some would say better. I know Ben kind of had brought up that like Cincinnati has a lot of one goal wins and how sustainable is that versus like Nashville who's, you know, putting up really good in goals, but also playing really good defense. I think we have the best defense in the league. Yeah. I think that I would agree with you that I think my expectation, given what I've seen this season so far would be conference finals. And I think that that threshold of disappointment would probably be anything falling short of a conference final. Um, That seems like a high bar, but that is kind of the bar that this team has set with what they've done so far this season. And I think it is possible. I think it, I don't know, expected maybe isn't the word, but I think that it's possible and, that's that's kind of where my bar is right now. I think that if I see us losing in a conference semifinal, I would still be left with the feeling that there was at least one more step to go for this team. I think um, also the narrative, like we kind of alluded to, of Nashville versus Cincinnati in an Eastern Conference final has a real nice sound to it, has a real nice feel to it, um, and almost feels like it would be an appropriate way to usher in a new era of, of not to not to overinflate things, but it's a kind of a new era of MLS. I mean, if you saw a Nashville SC team versus an FC Cincinnati team in the Eastern Conference semis, two teams that were not in the league five years ago, yeah. um, and potentially St. St. Louis in the West, yeah, it's uh, it's cool. I like that. Yeah. As a Nashville fan, I want to be a part of that new era of the league. So. I'm thinking uh, yeah. conference semis or bust, sure. Um, Nashville has the best goal differential in the East, second best in the entire league. So, Woo. whatever that means. Um, and so we have Taylor questions. Yeah. Um, did you know? You, I don't know if you answered. Did you know that what that's what being a retainer meant? Because I did not. No. Yeah. So we didn't actually have to fire her. We could have just paid her retainer fee and then got our money back when she didn't use it. Well, you know what? She doesn't listen to the podcast. So, you know, also as a result of that, I don't feel the need to spend too much time on these questions. But they some of them also seem kind of fun. So why don't you just hit me with uh, – why don't you just hit us with them? Uh, she'll probably listen if we if, if we answer these. She does. She went to St. Louis game, so she she. I've tried to. I'm trying to get her on the pod. She goes to the games. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to get her on the pod. She's like, she seems interested in soccer. So. Yeah. Um, we did. We already met our our quota of women on sure. the podcast for the for the decade. We had two. Yeah. <laughs> we have a strict one a season. JK, we Katie, uh, man of the goats, coming back very soon. Obviously. Yeah. Um. She wants to know why have you not introduced her to Karen? 
Uh, I don't know. That just seems like a weird coincidence thing that they haven't met yet. Yeah. Uh, this. I'm gonna cut this one out. <laughs> I'm not gonna ask that one actually. Okay. Uh, would you ever wear matching shirts with someone, and under what circumstances? Hmm. Why don't you give me the context on this? Uh, so we went to the St. Louis game, and these this couple that went to the game had like matching fits. Uh huh. And so she was asking me if I would do that, and I said no. Hmm. Why won't you wear a matching couple fit with Taylor? Uh, it's not specifically with Taylor, just anyone. I don't want to wear matching fit. Okay. Um, if we just wore the same shirt by coincidence, I'm not bothered, <laughs> but to like plan it, not my, not my, not my thing. All right. Me? Uh, yeah, I'll wear matching whatever. I have no, I've, I've had every, I've had every bit of, 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 of pride and independence beaten out of me. You know, I'll just, I'll, yeah. I'll do whatever any woman just tells me to do. Okay. <laughs> any uh, whatever any women tells me to do. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna show you this picture. Make this quick. I'm gonna show you this picture yeah. and just show me who your least favorite and then your favorite of this is, just based off this picture alone. Okay. So this is uh, Love Island UK. Uh huh. And you have not watched it, so you don't know anything yeah. about them. So. Uh-huh. Uh, tell me yes. who your favorite is. Oh yeah. Um, Great for podcast. It's a it's an English show, right? So yes. it's sort of soccer theme. I like uh, whoever se- who seems like a lad. It seems like a real lad right there um, on the right in the light blue. This one okay. trunks. Yeah. So that's your favorite. Sure. Who's yeah. Your least? I like it. He seems like a real Gaza. His friends call him probably Gaz. He's probably a Gaz. Who's your least favorite? Like Gary or something. Who's my least favorite? Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. Female, obviously. I don't know. Just just pick one. Just, uh, just, the, the, does not matter. The, uh, t- Tiffany. She. I hate Tiffany. Just point at one. It's, uh, it's, Tiffany's her on the left. Yeah, yeah. All right. Cool. That was great. That's our Love Island review for the uh, season. You, you picked Mitchell as your favorite. There was a real. There's a real visual component to that, and yeah. this is an audio medium. But those that watch, he blame Mitch- Taylor and Donald single double handedly ruining the the podcast between them. Uh, you picked Mitchell as your favorite. Who wretched I question section. Hate. Okay. And then you picked Molly. You've been watching Love Island? Uh, just this season. Oh. I don't I'll watch it. Yeah. Okay. And then you picked Molly as your least favorite, who <laughs> I also don't I like. Did, whoa. So this is a big reveal. I didn't know that you actually knew who these people were. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Karen then, watched the American version. and uh, yeah, it's pretty terrible. It's, whew, it's, it's tough. From what I heard. It um, is brutal. Uh... I like some dumb like dating reality TV too, but when we were watching Love Island America, I mean, when I say we, she was watching it and I watched her watch it. I was like, God dang, this is tough, dude. You this don't is have to answer good. this one. Yeah. Uh, but he said, she said, now that Karen is at Vanderbilt, will you sell the home and move back to civilization? <laughs> yeah. So what do you think of the, well, how was your drive up here out to the wilderness to come visit me? Uh, it feels like I'm driving home to Clarksville. To there you honest. go. Yeah, exactly. That's not a good thing. It's not that unfamiliar. <laughs> yeah. It's not a good thing. Uh, I'll build you, I'll build you a skate park in my backyard. Nah. What if I built you a half pipe? Would you come hang out here all the time? No. Okay. I don't skate vert. Oh Yeah. I'm a skateboarder now. I'm real. I'm a real vert style. I'm a real fucking yeah. Bob Burnquist myself, but I know you're a real street style guy. Yep. That's all right. That's it. That's it. Damn. Uh, Chicago. Oh, yeah. Predictions. On the weekend, we're at Chicago. Apparently, they suck. I don't know. Jordan Shakiri, does he play? Who knows? I don't, I don't know. We have Fafa back. 
Uh, we will probably draw 1-1, I think. What do you think? Yeah, I think um, I think we'll win. Getting Fafa back, like if your wingers, Fafa, Liao, Mukhtar, Bunbury, like that's a, actually a pretty decent one. Like that's a decent lineup. Um, and I think Chicago's field won't hopefully be as shit because the football team's not playing right now. Whereas like last time we played. They play them. on Soldier Field? Yeah, they play on Soldier Field. Nice. So hopefully if the field... We should I, go there one day. We had, I'd like to go well, there. Well, we had talked about going to this game because Davies in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And it would have been a good away game. But um, we... Uh, yeah, the field's not shit that I think we'll be at. Because I remember last time we played, Gary kind of did not go for the win because he said he was worried about the conditions of the field. And he didn't want to like injure players. I remember that. Yeah. This go for the win language. You're so, the only, you're the only one that uses this language. You say go for the win, and you say played for the draw. Is that not a thing in soccer? It's just so binary. I just don't think it's actually how teams and coaches view it. But it's okay. I'll forgive you. Uh, you're, yeah, nasty. One, you're nasty with the kickflips right now. So one nil win. Okay. Yeah. Let's sign the hell off. All what right. do you say? Okay. Bye. Come on, you boys in gold. What do you think of that? Up the yotes. Boom! Up the yotes. Bye-bye.